what's going on, people? I would like to welcome all of you to another Q on One edition of the Talk to Q Radio Show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And with the Q on Ones, what I like to do is interview people. Sometimes they can be local entrepreneurs, or they could be someone um, who's doing their thing worldwide. Um, so it's an opportunity for you to get to know these people up and close and learn their story and what gave them the passion to do what they do or provide the type of service they provide. So please sit back and enjoy the show. And please be encouraged to share. A lot of people, including myself, kind of do their thing by word of mouth, you know. So the more you spread the knowledge about the show, then the more people who can tune in and grow this thing and make it bigger. And it also gives more support for the people who I bring on the show who are looking to get their product or services out to the masses. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. She resides in the Sunshine State of Florida. She's the creator and the host of the One Non-Blonde podcast. Please welcome Ms. Kim Pazinski to the Talk to Q radio show. Kim, how's it going? Good, great. How are you doing, Kim? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I hope that everything is good down there in Tampa. Uh, we'll go ahead and get right to it. Now, you're the host of the One Non-Blonde podcast. First of all, tell the listeners about your podcast uh, what gave you the idea to start it, and how did you get the name? Well, um, I always wanted to do, since I was a kid, I always wanted to do something with entertainment. But you know how that goes. You kind of, like, live your life, and you're like, that's something, it's a pipe dream. You know, that's not what you want to do. And mm-hmm. uh, about three years ago, my mom, well, it's almost four now, my mom got sick. My mom, Well, my mom lived with me, but my mom was really at the end of life type of thing. So I decided to take a year oh. off from my regular job and just be home. And so uh, someone that I knew, like, through friends was starting up a digital radio station, and um, they were looking for people to just help out with sales and stuff. And I figured I can do that from home, you know, um, because that's something that, you know, you can just make phone calls and maybe do a couple cold calls and stuff like that and, you're, you know, I'm just helping people launch their shows. Um, right. So in the meantime, though, occasionally there would be people, show hosts, that were sick or, you know, they weren't there. So I kept saying, I want to be on the radio. I want to do it. I want to do it. And they're like, okay, you can sub. Well, next thing you know, I was like, I got the bug. I started subbing, and it was like almost like every chance I got, like, is somebody not going to be there this week? I, I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> And um, and so, but then in the meantime, the radio station kind of went defunct because it was kind of a, you know, uh, indie thing, and it just didn't get the traction that they thought they could get. So unfortunately, yeah. it kind of went under the wayside. And I um, kind of was sticking around with one of the girls that I kind of co-hosted with, and we did a couple. We dabbled a little bit, and then in the process of the dual dabbling, my mom took a turn, and then she passed away, and. After Sorry to hear away, that. I was kind of like, yeah, thank you. It's been almost three years. It's hard to believe. But after that, I kind of was like, mm, I wanted to do it, but I just, it wasn't timing wasn't right, you know, because I just, I needed to do the grieving and I needed to do all those other things. And so I kind of ran into this person again a few, most recently in October on a chance thing. Cause we kind of like kept up and we tried to start up again, but it just wasn't the right fit. I mean, I knew what I wanted to do, 
but we had different directions. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, I, I, I broke free from that because it wasn't working out for me. And she uh, has fake blonde hair. So it's kind of a fun <laughs> word. <laughs> Someone non-blonde. <laughs> you know, okay. So, <laughs> so it's kind of one of those things, you know. <laughs> that makes me sound like a bad person, but no, it's just it was just we were in the same direction. <laughs> right, right. So, um, I mean, what is your podcast about? Uh, I know you've interviewed some people before. I mean, what's the experience been like? It's been really great. So, my whole life, I my mom um, used to say to me, "There's not a person that you don't know." Uh, I, I, I took up sign language just to have another opportunity to speak to people who are deaf. Um, so I, my, this is my show. Hmm. I mean, like you were on my show. It's like we just start talking. I want it to be like this organic conversation. And I, for some reason, I'm just one of those people that it can just draw out conversations with people. And even people who are yeah. normally, you know, very much, they have their pat answers because that's what they do. They're, 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 they're professional actors or directors or whatever. And they've been in the business and they know what they want to go and where they want to go and they want to lead that interview. No matter what you think you're leading the interview, they, they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to steer it. For some reason, I'm able mm-hmm. to get them to start talking about things they normally don't talk about. So, and I even tell them that before we start the show. I'm like, I don't want this. I'm not going to be a fangirl. I'm not going to ask these same questions that you get all the time. I said, we're just going to have a conversation. And we usually start talking before the show, and then I was kind of like, okay, we're going to start recording now. <laughs> and I, I, sometimes it's kind of sad <laughs> because some of the best parts of the conversation are actually before I say I'm going to start recording now. Uh, <laughs> but I, I want to give them that opportunity to know we're, I'm recording. So, well, you know, you and I did it. I just wanted to just, just – it's kind of like yeah. with my mom. My mom was blind, and so my mom would – was really funny. She had the most keen sense of hearing because so she could hear people's conversations at booths. Like when we go to a restaurant, she could hear people all over the restaurant. You know, they're, you know, so, oh, wow. and she like make comments about what they're saying. And it was always a joke. I was like, mom, what are you doing? She was well, that person is talking about this. So I kind of wanted to be like that. Like you just like, you, the listener, it was kind of like this eavesdrop into a conversation, like two people just sitting around at a booth and, and having coffee or, or pie or something right. and just having a conversation about whatever. Kind of like that Seinfeld, like when George and, and Jerry would kind of sit at the at the deli and be like, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. it, that's kind of where I want it to be. So it's a conversational show slash comedy. I want to just kind of have a good time and eventually – I want to bring in a little more variety and stuff like that because I want to bring in musicians and stuff like that, kind of make a coffee house. But it's just, right now, it's just an evolving thing, but it's just, it's fun because conversations. I understand completely. I can relate because, um, you know, of course, my show is very similar. And I, I definitely feel you on the evolving part, too, because, I've been in the game for quite some time. I've been doing this since 2011, and I'm still under construction. I'm, I'm making changes all the time, trying to tweak things here and there, and so I totally get it. And um, you started when? How many episodes in are you? Um, you have, that have dropped only four. Um, I've got, mm-hmm. uh, I think, 12 done, so I'm still editing. 
Uh, right. So I'm like really a newbie, you know. So yeah, and and each time it's been different. Like since I even since I've been with you, which I think was like about a week and a half ago, is when I interviewed you. Now I'm. Yeah. I mean, you and I did video, but now I I ended up doing a video with um, a director, Martin Manuel Musa, and when we were doing the video because I just did my Zoom like I always do for my interviews. And I said, well, I'm trying to think about doing some videos, but still audio only. And he was so funny. So after this, we did the whole interview, and I said, okay, how did you like it? What, what did you think? And he was like, okay, well, you need to do this. Move your camera this way. Move this. Do that. Do, do, do. You know, he, like, gives me all these directions like a director would do. Put a light here. <laughs> Put something cool. back here. You got this to do. He's like, and then call me back. <laughs> so wow. I did as best I can in COVID. You know, because I'm like, I'm not going to go out shopping for stuff. So I stuck a lamp here, and I moved my camera where he wanted me to, and I found a couple pictures I have in the house, and I positioned them here and all this stuff like that and did all these things that he suggested. I called him up. He's like, okay, much better. We're going to do the interview again. And I'm like, are you sure? I mean, we just got done spending all this time together. I got it. If you got time, I got time. So he, we did the whole <laughs> interview again. And he says, now send me the raw footage. I'm like, okay. And he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit this whole thing for you. So if you go wow. on my page, my one non-blonde Facebook page, he edited that. So that video has been, I can honestly say I have been edited by an international film director, producer, writer. <laughs> That's Award pretty cool. Producer, That's director, pretty cool. writer. <laughs> so, he, so he did the whole thing for me. And now that was on Friday, and since Friday I've kind of like started my new set. I keep it keeps evolving. My <laughs> I'm building it with all my mm. stuff in my house, um, and it says it's evolving. And I'm just I'm gonna hopefully I'm really gonna start trying to do strictly you know video as well. I mean I still keep my drop my audio, but I really want to start dropping video on a YouTube page. So I think you know, well you and I talked about it too. It's like. I talked to Stanley Livingston last night from my three sons. He's like, oh, yeah, you definitely need to be on. People need to see you. It's what you need. So that's what I'm going to start doing. Okay. So we'll see. Yeah. Not because I'm attractive. I think they just like my funny faces I make. Because you know my funny faces I make the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about attractiveness. That's not the case. But oh, not at all. <laughs> they want to see you. Give the people what they want. I think I would be a kooky girl or woman, I should say. <laughs> I did um, one interview via video before as far as for my show, and it was probably about five years ago with a young lady named Isosa. She was a uh, – she was vegan, and she promoted the vegan and raw lifestyle. And even though I, I didn't air it, we just did it that way because she wanted to be able to see me when she talked to me. And I keep saying, you know, I ought to release that one day. And maybe one day I will. But that's the only time I've ever done it. I've always been an audio guy. So maybe at some point I'll graduate. I've read a lot about YouTube over the last couple of weeks. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, but. we just need to evolve. But, yeah, it's it, – it, I, I, well, when I, I think when I was talking to you, I told you I, my, I really – my goal is to have my own talk show. So, you know – the best way I think to do that is to kind of like have the video format because it helps yeah, a lot absolutely. more. You know? It sure does. So, yeah. 
So what do you want to talk about tonight? I know we talked about a few things before, so what's up? <laughs> you know, of course, there's a ton of news across the country about COVID-19, but there are other problems to deal with in this country as well, social injustices. And a recent example is of a young black man, Ahmaud Arbery, who was stalked by, stalked by a couple of white guys while he was jogging in a neighborhood near his home in Georgia, and this resulted in a hand-to-hand struggle over a gun, which ultimately went off and took his life. Now, it took two months for the guys involved to be arrested for this killing. And as a black man, I've had countless conversations with other black people about many incidents like this in the past because, you know, it seems to happen on a regular basis. But I've always wondered, what's the conversation like in non-minority households? So how do you view what happened with the situation with Ahmaud Arbery? I believe it's a hate crime. I I feel as though I uh, – this makes my blood boil. I spent a lot of time working with minorities. Um, I also spent a lot of time working with a lot of um, – and, and people who think that they're better than other people because of their color of their skin or – they think that they, you know, um, have it together. Does that make sense? I, I, it makes me mm-hmm. sick. I, I just, I can't stand it because, like, I feel as though if Trayvon Martin, I know we're going to go back a little few years, but if Trayvon Martin would have been, his murder would have been justice, you know, something justice would have been served instead of it stand your ground, I don't think we would have this conversation about this other young man today. Does that make sense to hmm. me at least? Yeah. And yeah. Cause I feel as though it is still too much. It's too easy for people. Okay. Because they're justifying it because they're, they're protecting the rest of the citizens from somebody who doesn't look right. I have Severe reservations when I see people thinking that they're better than. Um, it's kind of, I'm going to bring, it's not African American or black people, but this happened this other day and it's the same kind of thing brown skinned people. Um, somebody complained because they felt like, people it complained because they felt like the Spanish people that I work with, I work with a lot of Spanish people, are getting something that they felt like they shouldn't have. Well, I, I, this is how they act. I give money to the church and I do this and you're going to do that for them. And it's like, what do they do? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. I'm sorry. They do a lot. <laughs> they, they work hard. They, they're here. They're, you know, or I'll hear things like, well, we have to educate them. What is a them? I, I'm still trying to figure out what a them is. I'm trying to figure out mm. why white people think we have to educate them, meaning whether it's black people, Asian people, Spanish people. It's like there's this thing where we have to take care of them and we have to support them and we have to protect ourselves from them. And it's like, who the hell are them? I mean, would they be protecting themselves against you? Because you're not, you know, we're, who are we? We're, we're, you know, I don't get it. I mean, I just, the stereotype really bother me and is that am I making sense on this I mean I just I can't imagine 
the fear that you guys, you know, anybody has to walk down the street and for your life. I mean, I'm a chunky white woman, and I'm not going to lie. People have made, like, nasty comments about me, like, well, like, makes call me a cow or whatever sometimes, you know. Oh, goodness. That's a word. That's a word. And it, it's not. I mean, who, who are you? Like, or you kind of make me feel like, oh, well, you're lazy because you're heavier. No, I'm far from lazy. Um, but the point is, it's like they want to stereotype somebody. And I'm just stereotyped with a word. I can't imagine that you have to fear, and it makes me want to cry, make, that you have to fear for your life just to do something that you should be able to do. And I just, it, in, in 2020, we shouldn't be having this. You know, we, it should have gone a long way. And I worked with an African, a man who's from Uganda, and um, he, him and I were talking about this one day, and he's like, you know, he says, United States, and he's a very intelligent man. He's, he's very educated. He's been all over the world. And he said to me, the United States is the only place he's ever been where the color of my skin matters or is even discussed or even thought of. Why is that the case? I mean, we bleed the same. We love the same. We fear the same. You know, we have the same stuff. And that's what we should be looking at. We're all human. We're all, you know, we're all created in our beauty. And instead of looking at a difference of our color of our skin, I I personally, I think that this color skin is beautiful. I mean, to me, people who are pale and pasty look, <laughs> look worse. You know what I'm saying? It's just, <laughs> oh, we all have these beauties. You know, but we have beauty. I mean, it's it's like... We should be looking at that. We should be looking at the eyes. We should be looking at the smiles. That's what's more important than what color my skin is or your skin is. And I agree. I don't understand why people have to feel this way. Well, you know, it's like, I mean, you mentioned earlier about how some people, um, how some white people may feel superior to minorities and – Back in the day, I guess that wouldn't bother you as much as the way things are now because now it's not necessarily about – I mean, you still have those people who think they're superior, but now you have people who view minorities as a threat, okay? If you're yeah. away from your home or if you're in, in a one-on-one situation um, in close proximity with a minority, you feel threatened as if something's going to happen to you. And I think that's a huge problem. And that's where a lot of the fear comes in as a black man, because if you're in a situation where you're minding your business walking down the street and there's a white person who may be afraid of you, you have to worry about that person doing something to you. And that's the problem. So how do you approach this with your children? How, how do you handle this in your household with these atrocities going on across the country? My kids are older. They're in my youngest, 23, but we still talk about a lot of this. And we've talked about this all their lives. And most of my kids, their friends, they were, you know, they didn't see that color. In fact, I try to make sure that people didn't see that, you know. I And another thing, too, and it's like, and here's that reverse thing that I wanted to talk about. Sometimes when I say to somebody, well, I teach my kids, nor, and also I don't look at the color of your skin. A lot of times people who are minorities will say to me, oh, you're lying. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And then sometimes I feel guilty, like, 
they think I'm just placating mm-hmm. them or just, you know, and I'm like, no, I, I don't because I, I was raised in a house where, and I hate to say it, I mean, I, I, I love my mom, but my mom was blind, so my mom didn't know. So my mom really thought there was a difference because she didn't know. She didn't see black and white, but she thought because of the way other people told her, oh, well, you know, black people should be with black people and white people should be with white people because that's how she was kind of raised, that my mom was kind of a racist in that way, but I was like the opposite. I never was that way. And so I didn't look at people's skin because I didn't like the fact that it would be commented. Like, I, I would say, like, I would come home from school and I'd say, oh, I met this little girl and she's my new friend. You know how like when you're a little kid. And I'm like, and her name is Leticia. Leticia, is she black? I'm like, yeah, well, so she's my friend. Well, you know, you should, I'm like, no, she's my friend. And I would make sure that, even though my mom told me, <laughs> I would do the opposite. I'm like, she's my, she, she's somebody that talks to me, you know, and she's somebody that I'd like to talk to. <laughs> So, you know what I'm saying? So I, from a young age, really never, I just, if people are nice, people are kind, and people are genuine, I would be around them. I don't care what color your skin is. I don't care anything about that. I just care about genuine people. And I think that most people should do that. But unfortunately, it's like, People just want to see, like, assumptions. It's like, oh, well, yeah. I'm jogging, so therefore there was burglary on Jan- – there was a burglary in January. Okay, uh, did they say it was a black man who was burglarizing? No, no one knows who burglarized, but yet they're going to say it was a black man because, oh, that doesn't look right. I was just literally two weeks ago, somebody broke into my car. I got it on tape. Were they black? You think? No, they were a bunch of white guys. So, I mean, I got burglared, burgled, whatever you want to call yeah. it. It doesn't <laughs> matter. At the end of the day, it burgled. <laughs> At the end of the day, somebody violated my car and went in my car and ruffled through my stuff, rifled through my stuff, and didn't take anything because there was really nothing to take. But the point was, at the end of the day, I don't care if it was a black, Spanish, or white person, somebody did something to my car. At yeah. the end of the day, it's a car. Ooh, big deal. Even if, even if I walked out and saw whoever it was rifling through my car, I would not shoot them because unless they had a gun, obviously. But for the most part, I think even burglary is not a, a death sentence. At least last time I checked, it wasn't. So even if he was a burglar, which he wasn't, death sentence was not was not needed and that was never a threat and a couple I don't know if you remember a year ago or so a little over a year now um there was a situation here in because I'm sure you've heard that Florida's got the stand your ground thing because that was what happened with yes yes that he was threatened and it's like even though everybody hears the 911 calls which I still say it was a hate crime but beyond hate crime um that he went out and chased after him even if you thought he was a suspect, even if he was dealing drugs or whatever you thought he was doing right there on the street, he had no right to approach him, let alone shoot him down in cold blood. So 
the same with this with this jogging. It's like even if he was like walking out the door with stereo equipment or whatever, call the police. You know what I'm saying? You don't. That's not a need to kill somebody, and that mm-hmm. to me is speaking out and teaching somebody a lesson. And I'm bigger and better than you, and that bothers me. So. Last year or so in Florida, in Clearwater, which was just down the street from me, there was another incident where, okay, again, not saying he did the right thing, but the guy was just running into the convenience store seat, parked in the disabled handicapped thing, and another guy was like, well, you shouldn't park here, and he starts yelling at the wife. Well, the guy was in the store grabbing something, and when he came out, and he's like, okay, I'll, I'll you know, it's like it was, he was on video, and there was no... He didn't go near him. He didn't touch him. And he kind of even turned his back to him like, I don't hear, you know, kind of like, oh, this is nonsense. I'm going to, I, 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 I got a disabled sticker just because you don't think I'm disabled. I, you know, I have one. And he turns mm-hmm. his back to go back into the store and the guy shoots him. And he tried to use stand your ground. He was like, I was threatened. Why were you threatened? Because he was a black guy? Pretty much. The white man who shot a black guy. But where was the threat? The man was turning his, he was turning away. You shot him in the back, and you're calling it stand your ground? And originally, they didn't want to arrest him. Originally, they were not going to arrest him. Same as what's going on with this situation, until people started going, uh, he shot him in the back. We see the video. And sadly, you say his little boy saw his father gunned down. Because mm-hmm. his father, his son was in the store and opened the door as his dad went down. Can you imagine? I just, I can't. I just, I mean, I'm sure, yeah, you, you, you worry about this. This is ridiculous. A man walked away. And it's like you teach your children to not fight. You teach your children to say, I'm going to take the higher ground. And this is what this man did. He took the higher ground and he's now gone. He's dead. And luckily... They did arrest him. Luckily, he's got 20 years. And what I I looked this up before we had this conversation. In the Delaware, um, one of the Delaware newspapers, it, it this headline, which to me is sad, no name, white man is gets 20 years for shooting black man. Why does that have to be a headline like that? Mm. I Ratings get it. <laughs> I mean, it's like completely like un- unbelievable. It's like that. First of all, you gave no dignity to this poor man who's now gone, and again, you now just made it a race thing. And I don't get it. I I just don't. And like I said I'm on the white end, and that and I just I hate it. I I I completely loathe it, and I really have a hard time. Um, justifying a lot of things that happen. And at the same time, like I said, I feel like this is what I wanted to talk about it too. Is like I, I feel like I'm in the middle because I truly am somebody who doesn't believe in them looking at somebody as, you know, a color. But like I said, but sometimes when I talk to people of color or minority, they'll say to me, oh, you're just saying that just because you, you just want to talk to me cool or you just want to say that because, you you know you think that's the proper thing to say because you're you're in front of me. It's like no, and it's how I feel. 
And I don't know if it's partly because I have spent a lot of time being persecuted in a different way, but, you know, I think it gives me a little more empathy. Words are bad enough, and like you said, even 30 years ago, 40 years ago, yeah, you were kind of, uh, not that it's a good thing that you were denied a job or you didn't get paid as much. Those are bad things. I'm not saying they're not, but I think your life being threatened is almost back to right after slavery or even before slavery ended that you fear, like if you cross the line, you don't deserve to live. And I think that's wrong, even if you're not even crossing a line, you're just, you're just being yourself. I mean, as far as you're concerned, it's kind of a lose-lose situation for you because, like you said, uh, some people are going to think you're disingenuous if you're, you know, disingenuous if you're nice to or, or see the point of view of minorities. And, and then, you know, you also get the white guilt because people may assume and lump you into a category that you don't belong in. So it is very difficult for the position that you, that you, you hold. But um, I also think that I, I think the only way this is going to change is, I mean, we can have black people can have protest after protest after protest. The only way this is going to change is if white people have this conversation in their homes and teach their kids, you know, that's the only way it's going to change. We definitely need more people talking to their children and getting their children to appreciate a person for who they are and not for what we've been conditioned to see on television. Because just like you said with the headlines, you know, white man shoots black man. I mean, that's a ratings grabber, okay? That's to start. That's an insight discussion. That's how you get clicks on your website and things of that nature. You know, whenever a white cop shoots a black man, of course, that's going to be the headline story. Now, it's not to say that a white cop has never shot a white man before, or maybe a black cop has never shot a white man before, but that doesn't get on television. So this oh, no, country great. is great at, at it's great at perpetuating the battle between the races when they should be trying to find another way to handle this. So, and it just makes it very difficult. And you know, it is a lot we have to consider as black people. Just from going on our, you know, daily lives, just going to the store, you know, if you get pulled over by a cop, you have to act a certain way. That's something that I was taught as a child, how to, you know, make sure my hands are visible and make sure my license is already out. I mean, there's so much more that we have to go through, I think, as children that, you know, white people do not have to go through because they're given the benefit of the doubt a lot of times, whereas we may be seen as a threat. So it's a very challenging but situation. I'm trying to figure out why. I mean, I, I mean, I, my degree is in American studies. So, I mean, I kind of get why um, people seem to, but it's like, it's so, it's so archaic. And I just, I don't know. I, and that's what I tell people all the time. It's like, I embrace your, your culture, you know, and, and instead of, you know, because like I said, with American studies, you learn so much. And in fact, a lot of the classes that I took, I did a lot of um, African-American history and studies that I, I love that. I mean, Langston Hughes is like one of my all-time favorites. Um, but the thing is, is that I don't understand why people think that people of color, 
especially, you know, like you said, black people and black men especially are threats. I just don't get it. I mean, I mean, I, it's a lot of contributing factors from, you know, what you see on television, what uh, leaves the news every night and things of that nature. And it's something that we have to consider because, like, for example, I wear glasses. And one mm-hmm. of the reasons I've worn I've worn glasses since I was 24, and one of the reasons I never got contacts was because with glasses on I look less of a threat. Now I know that sounds silly yeah. to a lot of people listening out there, but it, it's the God God honest truth that I just said, you know what, I'm fine with the glasses. I'd rather look like a nerd, a nerd, and maybe people won't think that I'm necessarily a threat. I refuse to buy a black wallet because. How many times has a black man pulled out his wallet and it looks like a gun? So my wallet yeah. is brown. You know, and these are things that, as silly as it sounds, this is how a lot of us live our life just to try to survive. And it's absolutely ridiculous. And it doesn't appear to be getting better. <laughs> you know, we're, we're saying that we have this united, but we're not united. But at the same time, if we didn't have the influences of, black culture, a lot of what yeah. we as American, white American people have taken on as our culture is really not ours. We we stole it. <laughs> and, you know, and, and it's like we don't see that, that we needed each other to evolve into what we are. Uh-huh. In the meantime, we just have to keep, uh, I guess, educating the masses and see if we can bring about change that way through education. So. Oh, yeah, and I think but, that the main thing is educating our children and also speaking up, you know, about it. I mean, I, and I'm speaking to everybody, but I'm especially speaking to those who, because I know, I know, personally, I know, well, maybe it's because I, I hang out with, I know more people who are like me in the sense that because some people just don't, won't speak up, you know, they're just rather just yeah. not say anything and then that way well I'm not part of the problem because I'm not racist but you're part of the problem because you're not saying something that it's wrong. If I put my hand in the sand I'm not being racist I'm not doing those things I'm not thinking that I'm superior but at the same time I'm not saying something about it either or doing something you're exactly about exactly right it. about that. Well um, I, I, I've enjoyed the discussion with you and I, I'm, I'm like I said, this is probably the first time I've ever ever had this type of in-depth discussion with someone who wasn't black. So I, I truly appreciate it, and I appreciate you being candid about it. And so we'll go ahead and wrap things up. Let everyone know where we can find your podcast, One Nine Blonde. Right now it's on Podbean. It's called The One Nine Blonde. So it's with a Z in front of it. And you can find me on Facebook, which is One Nine Blonde. And on Twitter, which I'm not the greatest on Twitter because I'm still learning all that, but it's <laughs> one non blonde two <laughs> at one non blonde two. But um, main place is Facebook right now, one non blonde, or look me up, Kim Clay Pachinski. That's a great long name, but I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes. But um, yeah, I just like that. I want to bring people on. I'd love to have candid conversations about this with other people as well because I think these are things that need to be discussed. I mean, so far I've done a lot of. Um, podcasters and and movie people but it's not only what my show's about my show's about what's going on and that's you know that song is 
the, from the four non-blondes is, hey, hey, what's going on? It's kind of like what my theme is, what's going on, you know, what's going on in the world, what's going on in your mind. So thank you for having me, Quincy. Well, Kim, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. Kim Pazinski, the One Non-Blonde Podcast. I'll be sure to list links to your podcast in the show notes at TalkToQ.com. And I thank you for taking the time to join the Talk to Q radio show on this Q on One podcast. Well, thank you. And that's going to do it for this T2Q podcast. Go to TalkToQ.com, and that way you can sign up for the email newsletter and be alerted to new shows as they come out. I'm on Twitter at TalkToQ, and that's Talk, the number two Q. So I want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast of T2Q, and I'll see you next time.